Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Where to Go When podcast from DK. I'm James Atkinson, online brand manager at DK, and I'm joined here by project editor Lucy Richards. Hello, James. Hello, Lucy. Uh, today, we are talking about spring before summer. And uh, if you don't know what that is, as I imagine you probably don't, <laughs> uh, that is a term we've just made up for places to go, basically, that are better in spring than summer. So either they're way too hot in summer or they've got huge crowds, lots of people trying to go there and much, much better a couple of months earlier than you'd expect. Definitely, yes. So we're going to talk about Samarkand. Yes, which I'm really excited about. Um, so Samarkand in Uzbekistan, it's uh, one of the most alluring of the ancient Silk Road trading stops. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of probably most recognised for its just really distinctive um, and stunning blue-tiled mosques and mausoleums. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also very famous for the Registan, which is this vast square um, framed by a trio of madrasas, which are religious colleges. Um, and just anyone going here won't be disappointed. It's just so beautiful. And at this time of year, it's sort of luxuriating in golden sunlight and everything's shimmering. Lots of sort of lapis lazuli, um, tiled copulas. And um, the air is just sort of thick with the scent of aromas and spices. And it's one of those places, I think, that's kind of almost come back into people's consciousnesses yeah. in the last couple of years. I think it's like one of those places. I think it's, yeah, I think it's probably a, probably a place to watch. I think yeah. it probably will get sort of busier and busier. Um, and it's quite cool as well. So um, there are lots of Soviet-style frescoes um, depicting scenes from the Re- Russian Revolution, mm-hmm. lots of sort of crumbling, brutalist monuments. and So of, kind of like, you know, n- newer history ver- exactly, versus old history, exactly. having that kind of tension. And, and uh, one of the local tipples of choice is vodka. Oh, so I mean, okay. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and what more could you want, James? Yeah, I'm happily go around to historical sites whilst <laughs> drinking some vodka. Coughing vodka. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's a very cool place. And how do you get there? Flights arrive into Samarkand International Airport and then there are high speed rail links um, running from the capital of Tashkent. Okay, so next we have a rarity in that me and Lucy have actually both been here, <laughs> not together. No. no. <laughs> uh, and I went when I was like a teenager, so yeah, quite, me a long, too. quite a long time ago. Um, yeah. But we're talking about the Amalfi Coast. Yes. Um, so I went to Sorrento. I went to Sorrento as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I think the whole Amalfi Coast is kind of something to be seen. I remember kind of going up to like Positano. Yeah. 
obviously going into Naples as well, which yeah. is nearby. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit about it, Lucy. Oh, so, I mean, I am biased because I absolutely love Italy, but um, I'm sure, as you will agree, James, yeah. like the Amalfi Coast is just so stunning. Yeah. Um, and it, and this is the time to go before the crowds really ascend. Mm-hmm. Um, and the villagers are shaking off their winter slumber and citrus blossom is sort of lingering in the air. Um, and this is just the most, arguably the most beautiful part of Italy itself with that statement. But it is a very, very beautiful part of Italy. And here you'll find just sort of towering cliffs plunging into the sea and really azure waters. Um, and obviously it's spring, so lots of sunshine sort of glittering off the waters as well. And lots of Italian food. And even more importantly, James, lots of Italian food. <laughs> the um, most important. Yes, but, uh... exactly. Um, yeah, so you're, this is sort of, you know, you're near Naples. So that's the home of pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, seafood, uh, limoncello, um, the kind works. Of, yeah, like lovely desserts. And yeah. It's been such a long time since I've been there, but I, I can kind of remember I just it feel like so. Italy is just always good for the soul. Yeah. Um, and I think, as, as we're saying, this part is just so beautiful. And you've got sort of, um, you know, towns like Positano and Salerno and Ravello, and they're just sort of jam-packed with boutiques and eateries all sort of tumbling down to the bay. And you've got kind of like lots of history and stuff around there as well. I Definitely. remember going to Pompeii. Yes. Which I totally thought would be really naff yeah i think it's like kind of it's brilliant yeah it's it's insane yes it's it's, it's insane how much has been preserved how yeah. well it's been preserved and it is kind of like eerie in a way. it's really really yeah. eerie and you can see how it was sort of an actual city mm. and there's also herculaneum which is i think on the other side of um vesuvius which i think is a bit smaller it's much smaller less tourists and that's right and so supposedly better yeah, kind of kept as that's, well. that's right. And I don't think that they have any of the preserved bodies. I think in a way it's sort of a little bit eerier maybe, mm-hmm. um, but um, also just really interesting. So, What's the easiest way to get there, Lucy? Um, so Naples Airport is the nearest to the coast and then I think hire a car and just drive along the coastline. Yeah, go along the cliffs, Yeah, kind of take in the atmosphere. Yeah, It's quite warm at that time of year as well. It or it's is. certainly kind of going up. So, yeah, that's yeah. right. So you're sort of talking, I think, sort of like late teens, maybe early 20s if you're lucky awesome right so uh our next kind of um uh, spring before summer location as we're calling it is istanbul and i think this is um very similar to samarkand in terms of you know go there before it gets too hot yeah but also a bit like the Amalfi Coast in terms of get there before it gets too crowded as well, before the summer kicks in and yes. before everyone runs in. Yes. Um, and it's really kind of a city of contrast, isn't it? Completely. So um, it's sort of old and new and east meets west. So it's sort of famous for things like the Blue Mosque mm-hmm. and its skyline of um, minarets and onion domes. Um, and the city's roots are, it was an ancient trading post. And that's sort of really evident in the Grand Bazaar, which is, a covered passageway with lots of glittering stalls um, and here you can just lose yourself for hours mm-hmm. and there's a fairly kind of modern aspect to it as Completely. well though like, that kind of goes against that so lots of cool restaurants bars clubs that's right um, not that you will see <laughs> no no <laughs> no 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 um, <laughs> I know what you'd like though, James. You'd like the food. There's mussels. Absolutely. Yep. Mussels. I know you're a huge fan of kebabs. <laughs> <laughs> mixed, mixed experiences with kebabs. Uh, um, and lots of mezze as well. So yeah, you can I eat, love mezze. You can eat really, really well here. Um, but also this is a good time to go because there are a few festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a tulip festival and, and um, Turkey's national flower is the tulip. Mm-hmm. Um, and in April, millions of bulbs 
bloom across the city, sort of um, even in roadside verges. So it's just sort of a riot of colour. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also the International Istanbul Film Festival, um, which is at the start of April. And that screens over 3,000 films from 76 countries. So the sort of, I think, I think it's a city that really does have something for everyone. Yeah, it's kind of, I think you forget how kind of big Istanbul is and how big Turkey is as yeah. well and how much of a important metropolis I guess yes, is around there. Yes, definitely. Um, what's the easiest way of going there Lucy? Um, so Istanbul is served by Ataturk International and then there are bus connections to Taksim Square. So our final spring before summer destination is Petra. And last week, I actually had the pleasure of talking to our friend Lauren Paley, who works for DK in the US, in New York. Yeah. Last week, because Lucy wasn't here. Sorry about that. I'm sorry (laughs) I missed her. Oh, yeah. Well, we had a really interesting chat. So she actually went to Petra recently, Mm -hmm. uh, did a bit of solo traveling. So she talked to me a little bit about that. Great. A little bit about kind of entering into Petra and its amazing kind of red facade and yeah yeah it's such a mysterious city isn't it it is it's sort of it's known for being this amazing archaeological site but it's just sort of a real I think adventure as well which Mm. is obviously it sounds like that's what um, Lauren spoke to you about Mm -hmm. you enter sort of through this narrow canyon and it's this really secretive entrance that remained hidden to us for about half millennium Mm. Um, and then you come face to face with that famous rose pink facade of the treasury which is sort of chiseled out of this solid rock wall and it's just this really sort of wonderfully mystical place. And this is the time to go because it's just much cooler. Yeah. You guys will hear, and uh, as I heard uh, yeah. from Lauren, that it's a, it's a lot cooler a little bit later in the year or yes. a little bit earlier in the year. Yes, yeah. exactly. And and that she's right because another good time to go is October um, with sort of yeah cooler nights and lots of sort of splashes of autumn colour too. And I guess in some ways it's a bit similar to Pompeii, but maybe less kind of discovered at the at at the minute and also by the sounds of it a bit you know very very well kept together yeah very well maintained completely and just sort of a bit more of a secret i think than possibly than pompeii is okay well we will hear from lauren in a bit but beforehand lucy how do you get there fly to amman which is jordan's capital and then there are regular bus connections to petra from there Okay, so I'm here joined by the miracle of technology with Lauren Paley from our marketing team in New York. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the Where to Go Win podcast. Hi, James. Hi, everyone. Uh, So Lauren is an impressive traveler, and we're going to talk a little bit about her recent adventure to Petro in just a second. Uh, But first, can you uh, tell us a little bit about what you do at DK? Of course. So at DK, I work on the marketing team for all of the travel titles, which basically just means I try to get all of our beautiful travel books (laughs) into as many hands as possible. That means working with influencers, running all sorts of campaigns, booking print ads, pretty much everything you could possibly think of. Fantastic. That's a pretty fun job. Um, Yes. (laughs) So a little, uh, we're going to talk about Petra, obviously. And me and Lucy will have been talking about the sort of advantages of going to Petra in April, but you went a little later in the year. Um, Do you think it worked well in September? Was it September? Yeah, I went in September just a few weeks ago and it was perfect. It was gorgeous, but I totally agree with where to go when that going in the off season. So kind of April Mm -hmm. or October, um, that kind of 
area is a really good fit because July, August is really, really hot in the area and mm. you don't want to be there. Avoid at all costs. <laughs> Just how hot does it actually get? <sighs> the kind of hot where you're sweating in places where you didn't know sweat could come from. That kind of hot. <laughs> I don't have an exact number, but... <laughs> so what actually surprised you the most about Petra? So I think when people think of Petra, and definitely when I thought of Petra, I just think of the big, iconic building, the treasury that you see in all of the movies mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But Petra is actually an enormous, sprawling complex that is, it's magnificent. But I think that I was struck by the sheer size of it. I had no idea. I was like, oh, I could easily see everything <laughs> in a day, which was not the case. I'm really glad I was there for two full days. <laughs> so you kind of explored around and, uh, and, and saw the whole of it or, or would you actually go back did you miss anything i mean i would go back i think it's one of those amazing wonders where you can explore and keep seeing new things um and be surprised and in awe every single time mm -hmm. um but i think with two full days you really get a good picture of the entire city you get to see a lot of the different sites you get to see all of the lookout points um mm. so yeah two days was really good to see a lot of it and can you tell us a little bit about um uh, so I was reading in Where to Go When about the kind of approach. It's like hidden, right? It's, um, I don't know. Yeah. Did you kind of come in that way or is there, yeah, a, is there, um, a, is there like a car park or somewhere that you, <laughs> you kind of pull into? So, yeah. So you enter, when you enter the complex of Petra, you have to walk for about 30 minutes until you actually get to that big iconic treasury building. Mm -hmm. And that walk for 30 minutes is through the canyons. It's through that kind of hidden, thin passageway. Mm. It's really wild. Like you see horses and carriages like storming through and it's a really narrow, um, narrow kind of space. So you kind of have to flatten yourself against the wall. Does it feel happens. like going back in time a little bit? Okay. Yeah, it definitely feels like you're looking up and it's, the canyons are so high. It, it's really a good mix of nature. And then when you finally, after 30 minutes of walking, kind of like, are we ever going to get there? And then you get there and you see the structure and you're like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Amazing. Uh, so did you actually have a favorite spot or part of the city? Yeah, I mean, it was obviously all amazing, but I think that there are a few lookout points that were absolutely stunning. So when you see the treasury, you can walk actually up these stairs. You kind of have to scramble to get there. Mm -hmm. um, and you get to the top of this lookout point and there's local Bedouins who are selling tea um, and they have carpets laid out and you can kind of sit there really serenely and look out at all of the beautiful um, facades down below. And it's it's really cool and you just you feel very peaceful and there's just a lot of really awesome lookout points that just combine nature and um the wonders of the ancient world um pretty seamlessly so it's awesome oh cool it sounds amazing i mean uh, do you know a little bit about the history of petra did you kind of learn a lot there or yeah so um it was the capital of the nabitian empire um a really long time ago and um, it was re kind of rediscovered, I guess, in 1812 by this Swiss explorer. Um, and it had, had before that kind of fallen into ruin because of a series of earthquakes. Um, so now it's supremely popular. It's actually been um, popularized, I think, primarily by that Indiana Jones movie, um, <laughs> which course, everyone has seemed to see. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so now it's it's a super popular um, tourist site, but it was kind of, um, for lack of a better words, forgotten for many, many years. 
was it really really busy as well or was it kind of just about right does the kind of adventure into there kind of take away from or put some tourists off so I think that the main facade part, the treasury, um, it is quite crowded and it does feel a little bit touristy, but it's so it's such a magnificent building that I don't think it takes away from it. Mm -hmm. But if you are looking for more of a serene, um, tranquil experience outside of the hordes of tourists, you can definitely get that. You just have to walk a little bit further outside of the main path. There's a lot of different hiking paths. So to go up to the monastery, which I think is probably the second most popular and iconic part of Petra. You have to probably hike for about an hour and it's a little bit arduous. Um, so not everyone goes there and it's definitely a lot more peaceful up there. And that was one of my favorite parts as well. So definitely, you know, if you're going bring comfortable footwear, tennis shoes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do not wear flip flops. Don't go for the high <laughs> heels. Leave those in your hotel room, please. <laughs> <laughs> and have you got any more special tips for visiting? Um, yeah, I think, which I mentioned before, is definitely book two days there. Do not try to squeeze it all into one day. I think you're going to be disappointed and you're going to just want to go back to Jordan really quickly, which isn't always the easiest thing, especially from the States um, or the UK. Another tip I have is one of my favorite parts was staying in Petra until sunset mm -hmm. Um they didn't really have anybody patrolling or saying, you have to get out of here. Um, so my friends and I just kind of stayed. We were one of the last people. We were probably the last tourists in the entire complex. Oh, wow. Um, and, yeah, we saw the sunset. It was absolutely beautiful. And then we walked back in the pitch black, bring a flashlight or something <laughs> or a phone battery um, to light the way. But um, it kind of transitioned from dusk into this beautiful starry night where you could see stars like endless stars really so it was really really special incredible um and i know you were kind of like traveling you were solo traveling originally and you kind of met people in jordan um how was that experience kind of uh traveling across jordan did you see uh see much else other than petra yeah, I saw so Pet so Petra and Jordan, or rather Jordan is such a small country that you can really see so much of it in just a few days. So I was only there for nine days and I got to see, I would say, most of the big spots. I went to the desert, stayed in a Bedouin camp. Um, I obviously spent time in Amman. I went north to Jarash, which has these amazing epic Roman ruins. It reminded me of actually Rome, um, which was totally unexpected. Um, yeah, and you can go you can go to the Dead Sea. There's so much to do in Jordan. Petra is really only the tip of the iceberg, even though it really is the crown jewel. <laughs> and it's kind of fine for solo travelers, um, you know, going on your own adventure. Absolutely. Yeah, I felt really safe. And when I went um, into the hostel the first day, everyone in my room was also a solo traveler. So I don't know if that was luck or good timing or just there are a lot of solo travelers there. But I would say don't let going alone stop you at all. I had it was one of the most amazing trips that I've ever been on. Awesome. Oh, well, I uh, hope I go at some point as well <laughs> yeah um, yeah i hope i've convinced you yeah now. <laughs> ab absolutely absolutely um so have you got any kind of adventures on the horizon coming up or uh, anything planned of course i i always have to have an adventure <laughs> i knew you, you would know, it keeps me going <laughs> <laughs> so in just a couple of months i'm going to peru again solo so i've just started using my 
DK Eyewitness Travel Guide to do mm-hmm. some preliminary research. Um, obviously, I want to see Machu Picchu, mm-hmm. maybe go on some of the less touristed trails. So that is my next big adventure, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I know I know. Um, in Where to Go When, there's a section on Machu Picchu as well, which suggests like an alternative trail to the kind of traditional one. Exactly, yeah. The Inca Trail is very, very over-touristed right now, mm-hmm. So, and it's also very hard to get a permit to go um, and see that. So I think some of the other trails will be a really good option. As as you mentioned, it's explained in Where to Go When. So Awesome. Well, definitely. I look forward to hearing all about that, and thanks so much for joining me. Um, yeah, and thanks for joining Where to Go When as well. Yeah, thank you, James. It was great to be here. Everyone, go to Petra, read Where to Go When. It's fantastic. Thanks very much. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by DK Eyewitness. For more information about our books, visit us at dk.com forward slash eyewitness or follow us on social media at DK Eyewitness. The book Where to Go When is available in all good book retailers now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.